You can get the biggest name coaches. You can invest the biggest money in facilities, but it doesn't work if you don't get the players. So, who's coming? You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I don't want to spoil you all too much with Saturday episodes during the offseason, but sometimes we got to do it. I'm Alex Dono, your host of Locked On Canes, University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet, including post-game and pre-game on the Miami Hurricanes radio network. Thank you so much for making Locked On Canes your first listen each and every day. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. And for the YouTubers out there, make sure you smash the thumbs up button, that like button, and subscribe to Locked On Canes on YouTube. And I have the privilege and the pleasure of bringing in our very good friend, Director of Football Recruiting for Sports Illustrated, John Garcia Jr. John, how are you, sir? I'm doing well. I'm back in South Florida, so um, can't complain about that one. I mean, we'll start to complain soon because it's getting very hot this time of year. Besides that. It's still a nice place to be. And I want to start, John. We got a lot to get to here. But Jaden Rashada, uh, midweek, I think it was Tuesday, he released his seven finalists. And I, I'm starting to feel like we're in a, a very long season of The Bachelor because he's he's teasing this. <laughs> For a month from now, it was May 18th, he dropped his finalists, uh, and he's going to announce on June 18th where he's going to be taking his talents. This is the five-star quarterback out of Pittsburgh, California, who Miami is after. His seven finalists are LSU, Oregon, Florida, Ole Miss, Miami, Cal, and Texas A&M. Now, a lot of the buzz that I'm seeing, Mr. Gar- Mr. Garcia, uh, thinks he's favoring Oregon. Do you agree with that? And if so, where do you think Miami could stand in that pecking order? Well, Jaden was was really looking to get back to Oregon for a fresh look at the Ducks. I don't believe he had been on campus since January. So I think taking that trip last weekend was really big for him. And then if you look at the timeline of events, he takes the Oregon visit, immediately drops the top group and the commitment date. So, so naturally, it certainly perked uh, Duck fans' ears up a little bit higher than the rest. But I thought there was some surprises on the list, right? Ole Miss already has a quarterback committed. Uh, so to see them still on the list was a bit of a surprise. Uh, Cal being on there in general was a bit yeah. of a surprise. So for to, for me, it's really about those other five schools. Uh, it's, it's A&M. They're going to get a visit at some point. He's been to Oregon. He's been to Miami. He's been to LSU uh, as well. Uh, so it's really about those groups uh, of schools to me. Uh, but again, tangibly with the timeline, yes, Oregon does feel like it's got a bit of an advantage, uh, but they're recruiting other quarterbacks as well. So I, I think just like Miami, uh, there's still a lot to be said with this race. Uh, he will take additional officials. Again, we know a and going to get one. Miami has been talked about just like LSU in terms of getting an official visit. So obviously if that materializes, then you certainly feel much better about your chances for a Jaden Rashada. But on that flip side, if he doesn't take a trip to Miami officially, I do think it, it is a bit of, of a writing on the wall that he's probably going to end up elsewhere. But there's still you know, a long way to go until June 18th. Uh, there's official visits that are happening basically every weekend between now and uh, that date. Uh, so a lot can change. He's only taken one or two to this point. So he's got a lot of trips left 
uh, at his disposal. So I expect him to utilize that. So whoever has the buzz right now, even if it is Oregon, not sure how important that is relative to what's still in front of this kid. You know, and I, I've been told that from a Miami standpoint, they're definitely heavily recruiting quarterback as if they're not they're not banking on Rashada. And that that could be and I don't know what they're thinking. That could be they really don't think he's coming or it's just covering your butt. Right. Because we're recruiting other quarterbacks is the right way to do it. And somebody somebody I've been told to look out for. Um, you probably know more about him than I do. He's a, he's a three star and in-state quarterback. Emery Williams is, is a guy that Miami could really be after. What can you tell me about him? Because he could end up being a guy who does come if Rashada doesn't. Yeah, technically in-state, Alex, but as, about as far away in-state as you can get, right? Yeah. Being a panhandle kid from from Milton High School. Uh, you know, this is an intriguing quarterback. He's not the known commodity that some of these other names that we associate with Miami are, like a Jaden Rashada or a Dante Moore, who's a four-year high school starter. This kid's a one-year high school starter, so he's just now kind of on the verge of his breakout. He's just recently, this spring, beginning to pick up those Power 5 offers. Uh, he got Pitt, he got Indiana and Miami. Pitt recently just took another quarterback, so I think that tells you a lot uh, about uh, Emory and Miami, who uh, that's his most recent offer as well. He took a visit to Coral Gables, uh, I believe a multi-day visit, uh, and the staff you know, felt comfortable uh, about it and, and have continued to pursue him since that point. Now, what's interesting with Williams is that he wants to commit sooner rather than later. So it could be in Miami's court. Now, do you decide, and we've talked about this with a lot of quarterbacks in a lot of schools, do you decide to take the quote-unquote lesser-known commodity now to be safe and lock in a spot or do you roll the dice and maybe keep him warm and and see if Jane Rashada or Dante Moore who's committing later in the process could potentially be the guy for Miami obviously there's risk involved there uh, so I'm not sure how that's going to go internally between Josh Gaddis and Mario Cristobal as, as those dialogues uh, continue to expand on, on Emory Williams but look He's an interesting kid, 6'4", a good athlete, really good arm. I think he's got a really pure throwing motion. His mechanics look solid. Uh, he was productive in his one year as a starter at Milton High School. He'll have better numbers as a senior. You know, he's throwing to one of the top receivers in the state in Raymond Cottrell, uh, who Miami's trying to flip from Georgia, by the way. So there could be a little bit of a connection brewing there. Um, but look, he's, he's a, a late riser as far as quarterbacks go. So perceptionally and optically, Miami fans might not look at it a certain way, but in terms of the production and the trajectory, we know his best football is, is well ahead of him, and that's certainly encouraging. And it's not, it's, it's not a kind of like, hey, we're, we're going to circle the wagons and just take whatever we can kind of deal. You could take the kid in South Florida or Central Florida that's much closer logistically to Coral Gables. So I think when you talk about the buzz that he has built – uh, it, it is something that is tangible. And then again, Pitt already took a commit. I believe Indiana doesn't have one yet. Uh, and Miami obviously doesn't have one yet. So as his power five offers accumulate, you know, you got to think the Canes are in good position if they want to take this verbal commitment, which, which I, again, I think is so interesting relative to his timeline versus Rashada versus Moore uh, and anyone else the Canes could be looking at. Tremendous info. We'll continue with John Garcia when we come back. And we got to have a conversation about facilities because Miami now is rumored, reported, I should say, rumor is not a strong enough word, reported to be making about $100 million in upgrades in their facilities. What that means for recruiting, also some wide receivers and offensive tackles that are on the radar. 
Our partners, my friends, at Bet Online, they continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. They got opening week college football lines out there. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs. My Heat have a big one tonight. Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. So head to their website today. You could take a look at those plus 700 odds for Miami to win the ACC. You could take a look at Tyler Van Dyke, uh, 30 to 1 to win the Heisman. Head to the website today. Use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen each and every day. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, and available free on YouTube as well. And We are joined by our recruiting expert, John Garcia Jr. Uh, from Sports Illustrated, Director of Football Recruiting for SI. So, John, uh, we talked on Friday's episode about these reports, and we knew that Big upgrades were coming because Cristobal has talked about it. Now we have a reported price tag of about $100 million. And this is for practice facilities, recovery facilities, expanding the IPF and all that, uh, which is a lot to invest. And that would have Miami probably somewhere in like the top five or top 10 nationally and most expensive facilities. Um, you know, people always used to say back in the 80s and 90s, Miami had a rusty old weight room, terrible locker rooms, and you still were able to get you know, the Michael Irvins and the Warren Saps and the Ray Lewis's of the world, but that's obviously changed, right? How important is that facilities arms race? Yeah, it, it certainly has changed. And look, winning can certainly, you know, help you overlook a, a ton when it comes to a facility or any other options that are paired with a certain football program. But in today's game, it's a huge deal. I mean, it's really the first impression that a recruit will get of your program. It's that facility, the standard, the size, the flexibility of that facility. And, and when you talk about some of the, the biggest programs in the country or the best programs in the country, I should say, it often comes up pretty quickly, you know, after the winning or stability or whatever it is, they talk about the facility. Oh, they've got a waterfall or they've got, you know, digital stuff in the locker room. That Slides stuff comes up. and all that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, <laughs> it's impressionable. Again, these, these are teenagers we're talking about here. So, Anything new and or innovative or grand, and it sounds like it's going to be all three of those things, that resonates uh, with prospects. And Miami perceptionally is known, like you said, it's, it's known for the school. Well, you know, the campus is not, you know, or the stadium's not on campus. Um, everything's still developmental there. They don't, they don't put the money into the program. And there's all these perceptional things uh, that have been negative towards Miami uh, really since that last national title run. Um, so I think this is another step towards combating that. I think we've already seen a lot of steps towards combating that negative perception around the program. But when it's physical like this and and the, the number strikes you, right, $100 million, that stuff matters. It will create anticip anticipation and it will create an angst for prospects to get back on campus. Even if they're local, even if they've been a bunch, they're going to want to come back and see what that facility looks like. It, it galvanizes the current players uh, and and kind of will – it will pair with this this staff and Mario Cristobal taking over as part of what it should look like going forward. So it's absolutely critical to, to maintain that. It's it was the arms race we talked about before NIL. We talked about the facilities arms race. Uh, so that's still important. It's it's not at the top anymore, but it's still very important, and it will impact again every single prospect that that visits Coral Gables. And if there's anything that could impact that many kids, it's important in general. 
Speaking of prospects visiting, uh, I was looking at a handful of players who are going to be coming to visit in June, and one of those really piques my interest. Peyton Kirkland uh, from Orlando, four-star offensive tackle, gigantic dude, six foot six, three forty-five. Like he's not quite as tall as like a Bryant McKinney, but he's got that sort of size at offensive tackle. Um, you know, I don't. Uh, this is why we bring John on to to get this because I, I don't see any crystal ball predictions for him. Uh, I do see a lot of folks thinking Florida could be the spot. A few people think Miami. Uh, what do you think about Peyton Kirkland potentially uh, on that Miami radar? I do think it comes down to the in-state schools. Um, you know, he's going to take four officials uh, all in the month of June. Miami's getting the last one. So that's that's a great spot to be in. Uh, it doesn't always work out, but you want to be first or last generally when you start to set up official visits. And he's talking about committing July 23rd visiting Miami right about a month uh, before that point. So you wonder how much recency bias could potentially factor in uh, to, to his decision after visiting Miami officially. Uh, Oklahoma and Michigan State are going to get visits as well. Uh, I think of the two, Oklahoma's probably the one to keep a, a bit of an eye on as a dark horse in this race. But most people I talked to and I connected with someone uh, who was around the program today, and they say, look, we think this thing's going to be Florida or Miami, and it's very close either way. Uh, and both coaching staffs are obviously new first year coaching staff. So relative to some of the other schools on the list, you know, they're newer to that conversation. Uh, I had a, another elite offensive lineman tell me the Miami angle is unique though, because you've got a great offensive line coach in Alex Mirabal, but of course with Mario Cristobal being yeah. a head coach that focuses on that position, what, what he told me was that it hits different, you know? So I, I think that's true for most offensive linemen. It, it's, it's that position where you're not used to, being lifted up the same way that some others do. So I do think that gives Miami an intrinsic advantage on the recruiting trail, particularly with in-state recruits. Um, but yeah, this is, this is a Miami-Florida battle. Oklahoma's the dark horse, and the visits are ahead of him. So we'll see. You know, I, I think he's taken a couple trips to Miami thus far, just a couple of hours, unofficial visit kind of deal. Uh, so that intimate 48-hour official visit, I think, will be really critical for the Canes' chances. Because if it is a Gators and Canes battle, in theory, having that official visit already done, the Gators could theoretically build a bit of an advantage going into that Miami trip. So I think there'll be a lot of pressure on Cristobal, Mirabal, and company to try to close that gap ahead of, uh, of that July 23rd commitment date. But it's tight. Like you said, there's no crystal balls in there for a reason in my mind. Yeah. Well, we got to keep up the tradition of uh, we always talk wide receivers with John Garcia Jr. And I don't think it's a coincidence, right? Because uh, I worry a little bit about Miami's receiver group heading into this coming season. Uh, a lot of people were worrying after the spring game. We have missed out on a couple of very big fish in the transfer portal. Jordan Addison ended up choosing USC. Jalen Robinson ended up choosing Ole Miss. We talked about him with John in our last episode. But uh, the future looks very bright, though, John, with what Miami is doing in recruiting for 2023 and beyond. Uh, talk to me about a couple of the, the top prospects. I think they're both five stars that Miami is recruiting heavily in Jalen Brown and Brandon Innes. So what's your feeling on the two of them? Yeah, well, this is this is the year of the receiver in the state of Florida. So it, it's a great time to have a big need at the position uh, if you're Miami. So and of course, that means a lot of them are going to be local or semi-local in Dade and, and Broward County. And certainly Jalen Brown is, is just right down the road there at Gulliver. I think Miami, ever since Crystal Ball took over, has begun to surge. Uh, Josh Gaddis has, has commanded this recruitment uh, relatively well. 
from what we can hear, uh, what we gather, I should say. Uh, there are other contenders in it, and I think he'll set up a bunch of visits. You know, he hasn't spent a lot of time uh, on the visit trail because he's such a, a prevalent track star, you know, big time uh, 100 and 200 meter dasher who, who finished third at States just last week. Uh, so he hasn't taken a bunch of visits. You know, he'll visit LSU, he'll visit Texas A&M. There's some Georgia conversation that's beginning to brew, another program really in need of wide receivers. But he's been to Miami the most. I think he'll still come to Miami more than those other programs between now and a decision. Uh, and that's really the next step for Jalen. When will he lock in a, a verbal commitment? Because I think compared to a Brandon Ennis or some of these other guys, you know, they're they're in it for the long haul. They're thinking in the fall, maybe even all the way till signing day. You think a kid like Jalen Brown is a little bit more reserved you think he'd want to get things done in the summer if he could in order to focus on on his senior football season ahead of uh, early graduation for him in December. So I think Miami's in a really great spot. You know, I think locally um, you've got a couple commits at the position, but I think if you're adding one locally, I think he's the best bet uh, for the Canes at this point. And then with Brandon Innes of the in-state schools, I think Miami's in the best position, right? He's, he's taken multiple unofficials down to Coral Gables, but he's the opposite of Jalen Brown in that he's been to a billion places, yeah. one-time Oklahoma commitment. Now USC's on him with that same coaching staff. You expect them to stay in the hunt. And then Alabama and Ohio State are really the two surging for Ennis. He took an unofficial to Ohio State and really liked it, so now he's reciprocating that with an official in June. Uh, and he's never been to Bama, but now he'll take that official visit in the month of June. We all know what they've done in South Florida in particular oh, yeah. at the wide receiver position. So, you know, certainly much more of a national battle uh, than, than it is for Jalen Brown, which is more SEC, ACC. With, with Ennis, it's truly uh, coast to coast. Uh, but it's also going to last a lot longer. Uh, so I do think that affords Miami some time to make up some ground uh, and, and maybe show something on the field that could bring him back for games or unofficial visits or maybe even an official visit later in the process. So I would say keep a closer eye on Brown in the short term, but long term, obviously, Brandon Ennis is as talented as it gets as, as a guy who really since his freshman year has picked up scholarship offers. So uh, Miami's going to try to keep as many local as they can, as you mentioned, a huge position of need, uh, and those two are, are, are going to have the Canes right in the thick of it. Well, everyone, make sure you follow and support John's work. You can follow him on Twitter at John Garcia underscore junior. Check out his work in Sports Illustrated. He's the director of football recruiting for SI. And make sure you support this channel and this network. Locked On Podcast Networks, they have shows for your team every day. You may not just be a Canes fan. You want to check out other pro and college teams. We got you covered on the Locked On Network. And, yeah, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, Locked On Canes. Hit that thumbs up button on this video. For those listening to the audio, make sure you subscribe, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you get your pods. And leave us a nice review if you have some time for that as well. If you want to leave a mean review, sleep on it. Uh, if you want to leave a nice review, hit that up right now, my friends. So we will talk to you again on Monday on another episode of Locked on Canes on the Locked on Podcast Network.